0: Hi there and welcome to the simply living for him podcast I'm Karen debuse from simply living for him it's Friday so thank you for joining me for another episode of our simply living for him podcast last week on the blog I started a new series called spring cleaning hearts and homes and in this series I am posting different blog posts um, making videos and doing some special podcast episodes all related to the topic of spring cleaning And as you all know, when I write about cleaning or clutter or simplifying, we also always address the issues of the heart. So this is a fun series because we're talking about the practical aspect of spring cleaning. It's now mid-March and we are all sort of gearing up towards, we got one eye on spring and we're all gearing up towards getting our homes prepared for spring cleaning and doing all those jobs that seem to come, you know, as we open up our windows and it's a time where we all feel like we want to declutter because we're sort of springing forth and um, bursting new and it just feels good. So I am addressing some practical tips in some of the blog posts about spring cleaning and I'm also addressing the heart issues as always. So I hope you would join me on the blog and check out that series, Spring Cleaning Hearts and Homes. So, so this podcast episode is actually part of the series and I wanted to address homeschoolers today because as we all know if we are getting ready to spring clean our homes that's going to include our homeschools and this is a very interesting time of year for homeschoolers we've got one eye on the end of the year and we're also kind of looking back at the year that we've had, and we may have had not the year we planned to. Okay, so really transparent here. I am on my 11th year of homeschooling, yep, 11, and I will say that not one single year of those 11 years has ever turned out as I had planned in September. So it's kind of an interesting thing to look back every year and say, wow, okay, well, this year didn't go as planned. (laughs) There may have been good things that happened that didn't go as planned, and there may have been things that were not so good, right? So we all look back and say, ah, what happened to our homeschool year? Sometimes we find ourselves at this time of the year saying next year will be the year. It will be the year where I get it all together. Next year is the year where the schedule will finally be perfect. Next year is the year where I'm going to implement that perfect curriculum. Next year, it will be the year. And what we are doing now, you know, for this like March through May, June period is sort of just coasting to get it done. Now I'm speaking from experience. This may not be you, but (laughs) this has been us many times. And from my conversations with other homeschoolers, I would say, i am probably not alone in this, where we're sort of just trying to get through the rest of the year, we're going to start having some spring fever, and we just are looking ahead to next year thinking, okay, we'll just get it all done next year, and next year will be the year, and I've learned what didn't work this year, so next year, and I really want to say to you that you still have, number one, time to redeem this year, number two, don't ever think that what you're doing in this moment doesn't matter, that we still can make the best use of our time. And number three, I would say when you look ahead to next year and say next year will be the year, guess what? It won't. It never is. (laughs) And I don't mean that to sound negative or down that, you know, your homeschool will never be successful. That's not true. It's our mindset that we do not need to look ahead and think, you know, next year is going to be the year because... The truth is, we only have this moment right now. And the truth is, next year, there will be interruptions again. There will be life lessons that get in the way. There will be things that are unforeseen and circumstances that we didn't expect. So instead of looking ahead and thinking next year will be the year that it's perfect, let's stop right now. And as we're gearing up towards this spring cleaning aspect of things, let's look at our homeschools and evaluate and say, where are we now? How can we finish this year? Strong and finish this year well and not just sort of throw the towel in. And then, yes, look towards next year, but not thinking that there's some magic answer in next year. So, we're going to talk a little bit on this episode about practical tips for simplifying, and of course, we'll address heart issues as well. Um, But I just wanted to address that whole aspect of, you know, like I said, looking ahead and always thinking that we'll get it right someday. Because right now is someday. We never know what next year will bring and we're never promised even tomorrow. So let's first, as we are gearing up towards spring cleaning our homeschool and clearing the clutter in our homeschool, because raise your hand right now if you're out there and you look around your house, I would say if you're a homeschooler, a lot of your clutter comes from your homeschool. Am I right? So, um, you know, let's think about how we can clear the physical clutter in our homeschools, and we will definitely address the mental clutter as well in this episode. But let's start by just taking an inventory of what we have you know, look around your homeschool. Now, everybody is different. Some people have and are fortunate enough to have a designated area in their home for their homeschool supplies, their books. You may even have a homeschool room. Um, And that's a luxury. That's a great thing. Many of us out there don't. And our home is our homeschool, right? You know, learning takes place in the living room, the dining room, the kitchen, and you kind of have books scattered throughout each room. So everybody's setup is sort of different. But what would be a good thing to do at this time of the year is take an inventory of everything you have you know what you're using now what you will be using perhaps in the future and then really take an inventory of that stuff you haven't used in a long time and uh if you haven't used it in a long time you don't plan on using it this is the time to get rid of it give it to somebody bring it to a book fair um You know what, if all else fails and you can't find somewhere, it's okay to sort of just pack it away and and put it in your basement or your attic for now. Um, But chances are, if you haven't been using it, and I know as homeschoolers, we collect so many resources and they're hard to part with. I mean, over the years, I have had so many people literally drop bags and boxes of books on our doorstep because they know we're homeschoolers, which is fabulous and it's kind and generous and I appreciate it. But a lot of times there are things that I don't need. So those are the things it's almost hard to, you know, pass on or get rid of because you feel like somebody went out of their way to give them to you. But quite honestly, if it's burdening you because you just don't have room on that bookshelf for one more thing, (laughs) then it's time to sort of pack it away, give it away. You know, there's eBay, Craigslist, garage sales, all those things, um, or just... If you have to get rid of things, you know, you can pack them away and um, put them in an attic or a basement. But really take an inventory of what you don't think you'll be using. Like if I went in my homeschool closet right now, there are so many books in there that I feel like I need to hold on to because we might use them someday. But I have to really inventory that in reality and say, Karen, are we really going to look at these books? Are we really going to use them? And if we do, is it really worth holding on to? Is this something I can just find at the library when the time comes? Um, Because a lot of the stuff is just taking up space that I could use for things that are really useful, or really, you know, that we're using a lot, or really are things that are bearing fruit in our homeschool and not just collecting dust on a bookshelf. So really inventory and be intentional about what is purposeful. Now, if you have the space to have a complete library of all sorts of books and resources, then that's great. But many of us don't have the space. And then we end up having lots of clutter, feeling lots of stress and feeling defeated. And all of these things, even though it's something so simple as just an abundance of books, can sort of end up weighing us down. Because then we start to feel like our home isn't functioning properly. We start to feel like, you know, we don't have order and peace and chaos, is, you know, ensuing in our daily homeschool. So we want to really... Take heart that clutter does affect us emotionally and holding on to things just because is going to, in the long run, cause us more stress. So inventory what you're not using, put it aside, put it away, get rid of it, give it away, whatever it takes. Um, Really look at the stuff that you will be using just for next year. And then you can start, as I like to do, making piles. You know, I'll pile things in my office of what we're going to use for next year you know, for each child or, you know, piles by subject. And literally all summer, I end up having these piles in my office. Now I'm hoping to do that this year, but not having the piles sit all summer, maybe for a week or two while I get my act in order. (laughs) But you know what, it's a good idea to make these piles um, and sort of just have this kind of mental picture of what you're actually going to be using next year. So inventory your curriculum, inventory your resources, scale down. You know, as homeschoolers, we feel like we have to provide so much for our kids, but this information, we can go to the libraries, we can get on the internet. We don't have to hold on to every single book. And like I said, if you have the space for it, by all means, that's great. But many of us are feeling that we don't have the space and we end up with clutter. Now for your curriculum, this is a great time to go through that curriculum and find out what's really working for you and what's not. Don't hold on to that math book that somebody gave you because it might come in handy someday if you're using a math curriculum already that is working for you. Or, you know, I have so much curriculum in my homeschool closet that I'm sort of holding on to because, you know, it was good at one time. But I really don't think we're going to use it again. So it's a great time to get rid of that. You know, clear the clutter, clear the things that are weighing you down that you are not using. And then there is all those supplies, right? We have the endless amounts of markers and pencils, although we can never find a pencil when it comes time to school in our home. (laughs) Um, Crafts, paper, I have piles and piles of construction paper, regular paper, line paper, graph paper, you know. So take an inventory, of that as well. What can you really use? Go through and get rid of the scraps of paper that are there because I find my kids will use construction paper and leave my scraps there. So go through that stuff, organize it. It doesn't have to be a fancy organization system. I'm all about going to the dollar store and getting plastic bins or whatever you know method that you have that is simple and easy. It does not have to look like a classroom it does not have to look like a pinterest board homeschool room it does not have to look a certain way it has to function a certain way so go through your piles of craft supplies you know maybe like a night like what i've done in the past is had like one big bin of the craft supplies where you could keep the papers the glue the scissors things like that so they can pull out the bin use their craft supplies, put the top back on and put it away. Um and that works really well. Also, we've used one of those like over the door hangers that are like for shoes. Um you know, they have little clear bins, not bins, what's the word? Little clear um <sighs> I can't think of the word, but (laughs) little clear pockets. That would be the word pockets on this hanging over the door type of thing where you can put scissors in one pocket, glue in one pocket, colored pencils in one pocket. I still have that. Um, I need to hang that up. I'm reminding myself here that as I do my spring cleaning, I should hang that up in our homeschool closet to use. So that's another great way to keep everything separate and very visual because the pockets that I have on mine are clear. So the kids can see everything in the pocket that's clear, take out what they need, and most importantly, put it back when they're finished. I know that's a simple concept, but for some reason in our home, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this one, there are Kids out there who use things and don't put them back. So <laughs> we, in our house, we are um, always, always, constantly enforcing that rule: use it and put it back. It makes life much easier. Just put it back where it belongs. It's really great if everything has its own place. So there is no question about where you put it back. Because I don't know about you, but many of us in our home we can't find the scissors. That's because one child chooses to put them in the kitchen junk drawer. One child chooses to put them away on my desk. One child chooses to put them away in the homeschool closet. So if we just make a home for the scissors, I know this is such a simple concept, right? (laughs) But for some reason, it's so hard to implement. If we just make a home for the scissors, there is no question as to where they go when we put them back. And everybody can always find them. It's not rocket science, but for some reason, it is hard to implement. So make a home for everything. This is a great time when you're spring cleaning. Make a home for everything for the crafts, for, you know, the curriculum, for each child's schoolwork and this way there is no question where it goes. We don't lose things. I mean, we use a math DVD for a program for our curriculum and I cannot tell you how many times in years past it came time for math and they couldn't find the DVD. And I'm like, how does that happen? You use the DVD and you put it back when you're done. (laughs) So now we have this little drawer underneath our TV stand and that's where the DVD goes. And as soon as they're finished watching it on the TV, I say, put the DVD back because... I don't know why, but it would always get lost. So, you know, these are things I'm sure I'm not alone in, but maybe I am and we're just weird. I don't know. (laughs) So anyway, yes, this is a great time of the year to go through your clutter because right now in our homeschool, you know, you're almost to the end of the year. Things have piled up. So go through your clutter. And that brings me to the next topic, which would be your child's schoolwork from this past year. What are you doing with it? And what are you going to do with it? Are you saving every single paper? Are you saving every single craft? Is it you know, piling up and you don't want to get rid of it. How do you handle that? So I'll tell you how we have handled that in the past. I do not save every single thing. I do make, um, and I haven't done it this year because my kids are older and it's a little different, but when they were younger, I had a binder for each child and I would put their completed schoolwork in there sort of making like a portfolio. So as the year went on, Um, Anything that they were doing, say like a map or a worksheet, or they wrote a little composition, that would all go into that binder. Um, And I would have a nice little portfolio at the end of the year of their completed work. But I, I wouldn't save every single thing, you know, not every single worksheet, but the main things or you know, the important things. And that was a really great way to keep track of their school, their schoolwork. Other times I have had like a Rubbermaid bin, like a tub for each child. And at the end of the year, all their completed schoolwork would go into that bin and go up into the attic. Um, Let's see, like say their their workbooks. Um, I remember the year when my kids were in awana at church and they had their little wana book and their vest went in there, you know, all their completed things from that year. Um, and each child had a bin, and at the end of the year it went in. I will be honest here though. now that they're older, do I ever look back at those bins? No, <laughs> I know someday maybe I will, but I when we were moving last no not last year, my goodness, two years ago, I ended up getting rid of some of those bins because we just, you know, to move from one house to the next was a big job. And I had to really say to myself, what is really necessary to take? Yes, keep the cute little things like the Iwana vest or, you know, little awards and special things. But I did not take, I mean, I didn't take all the workbooks from first grade. I just didn't because I realized no one's going to look at my now uh, 10th graders first grade workbook. (laughs) So I had to really make choices about what was necessary to save. I know this is so hard for so many that means you should probably go back in the podcast archives and find the titled uh, podcast episode of our emotional attachment to clutter because that's really what happens. So I have a whole other podcast episode addressing that topic about emotional attachments to clutter, but that really is what it boils down to a lot. But there are practical reasons to save your child's schoolwork from the year. You know, For instance, if you are in a state where you need to show what your child has done, Obviously, of course, you need to be saving things and saving, you know, the stuff to show. So I totally get that. Where I live, I don't have to show anybody. I don't report anything. So, you know, I have a little bit more um, flexibility in what I save and what I keep. So, this is a really good time of year, though, to go through everything from last year or from this year, you know, up until now, decide what's worth saving and keeping and really be honest with yourself. Do you have the room and the space to hold on to these things? And if you don't, then I would encourage you to make choices and decide what is really necessary to keep you know, a binder full or a small Rubbermaid container full should be more than ample space to keep what your child did for the year so that someday you can look back and say, oh, look what you did in third grade. Oh, look what you did in sixth grade. You know, that type of thing. So there is, I'm definitely not saying throw everything out, but choose and choose wisely and choose what really is important. And if you're feeling stressed and you're feeling, um, burdened that you don't have enough space in your home then you really do have to make those choices because the stress and the burden and the anxiety of having clutter and not enough room in your home really can become a problem and that is more of a problem than if someday you look back and say oh no I threw out my you know fourth graders math workbook (laughs) I think that the benefit of keeping it is far less than getting rid of certain things. So you have to, you know, evaluate that. Make a list and say to yourself, what is the benefit to keeping this? And what would be the, you know, hindrance on me keeping this? Or what would this cause me stress or whatever? So really take an inventory of the things from this year. But make a nice little portfolio or a little Rubbermaid container or something like that. And you will have a nice little uh, sample of what your child did this year in school and then look ahead to next year I'm already I've got my my mind on things for next year already N- doesn't mean I'm not living in them this year though like I said earlier in this episode it doesn't mean that I'm not still enjoying this year and and focusing on finishing well and ending this year well but um, I do have an eye on next year's for curriculum so I usually take time out usually in the summer, but you know what? This would be a good time as well, this time of the year with your spring cleaning, where you do sort of look ahead and say, what do I want to use next year for each child? Because this way, as you are going through your resources and your clutter, you can put aside those things that will benefit you for next year. Um, So those are some practical tips for clearing the clutter, Um, but then there's also the mental clutter that goes along with all of this stuff and the emotional clutter we can call it or the info overload okay so I want to address that for a minute because I think that as homeschoolers we are so blessed with the abundance of information that we have and you know we really live in a time it's where it's wonderful to be a homeschooler because you can just get any resource, any encouragement, any you know um, curriculum, anything that you want for your homeschool right now. You have the internet, you have homeschool conventions, you have homeschool catalogs arriving. This is the time, right? Those homeschool catalogs are arriving in the mail every single day. You know, we have the, the internet and all that. So we have such an abundance of information. But I also think back to those pioneer homeschoolers of 30 years ago. There was like one curriculum for them to choose. You know, they didn't have to choose. They had one curriculum that everybody used. You know, homeschooling may not have been legal yet in their state. Um, So it was quite a different world. And yet they survived. So, I, you know, I often think about that. And I think about the early homeschoolers and how they hardly had any of the resources we had. There weren't homeschool conventions or co-ops and catalogs arriving in the mail daily and the Internet. And yet they persevered and they succeeded. And we really have to keep that mindset that we don't need all this stuff to succeed in our homeschool. Our homeschools can succeed merely because we are following God. We are letting him lead us in our homeschool. We're covering our homeschool in prayer. We're training up our children in the Lord. And we're keeping that mindset of why we're doing what we're doing. But nowadays, that becomes cluttered. We forget why we're doing what we're doing. We think we're doing this because we need to keep up with everybody else in the homeschool co-op. I mean, this child, we look at the homeschool co-op, right? And we say, you know, somebody's child is going off to this wonderful college next year. Or this child in the co-op won the spelling bee. Or this child in the co-op, they got a scholarship. Or whatever it is. Or this child is reading, you know, well ahead grade level. And then we come home and we look at our children and we say, our children aren't doing that. But that's not what homeschooling is about. It's not a competition over whose child can succeed academically more. No, I truly believe that if we are training up our children and setting their foundation to love the Lord with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind, first and foremost then I am successful in my homeschool, And I believe if we do that, the academics will fall into place as well. And academics are going to look different for every child. Yes, some children are gonna go off to MIT and Harvard, and some are going to community college, and some aren't going to college. But none are any less successful than the other, because that was God's plan for each child. We don't look at success like the world looks at success. At success through the lens of God and how He wants our children to be raised. He wants us to teach them about Him. He wants Himself to be the center of everything we do, including our home schools. And that is where success comes. And I often think about if I'm training my children up in the Lord and I'm teaching them his principles, then they're going to be successful in their academics because they will work hard. They will do things with excellence because that's what God's word tells us we should do. They are going to try their best. And if their best means that they don't go to college someday because that's not for them, that's great. They're still doing their best. They're doing things with excellence and they're doing things with their eyes on God. I want my children to work hard in their homeschool, to be focused on, you know, their academics, but because they're doing it for the Lord, not because they're trying to keep up with the other kids in co-op, not because they're even trying to, um, Live up to what I tell them to do. I would rather have them live up to what he tells them to do. Now, they're going to in turn obey mommy because that's what God says to do. But you see, everything flows from following God first. So if we want to reduce the clutter in our homeschool, it starts with putting God first and putting our eyes on him and realizing that we don't need to make our homeschool room look so perfect like a Pinterest board. Who cares how it looks? God cares what we are teaching our children in those four walls, not how it looks. And if we are keeping our eyes on God, we don't have to say, I need my child to get this perfect SAT score because I need them to succeed in this or that. If we're saying, God, you have a plan for my child and you will help them succeed and and see for those goals to come to fruition, then that is what we need to do eyes on him. That is where we will be successful. Our clutter will naturally be reduced. We will say to ourselves, I don't need to, you know, have every resource in our bookshelf so that we have all this clutter because it makes me feel like I'm a good homeschooler because I was like that for so many years. I remember thinking like, oh, our house has to, you know, look like we're good homeschoolers. We need to have the maps on the wall. We need to have, you know, the little art projects out all the time. We need to have our bookshelves lined with all these books. So then we look the part of good homeschoolers. I am being completely transparent here because that is really how I thought. And God has done a a work on my mind. He has made me realize who cares what other people think about our homeschool. We are not working for other people. We are working for God. And I don't want to put up a facade that we are good homeschoolers because we have, you know, everything looks like we're good homeschoolers because what really defines being a good homeschooler? We don't have a homeschool room anymore. We don't really have that whole, like, I need to have the house look like we're homeschoolers because my kids are learning all over the place. They're not learning in just one room. And Quite frankly, I don't want to be defined by my home school. I want people to see my home and come here because they feel the presence and the love of Jesus. I don't want to be defined by how my home looks. Or I don't even want to be defined by being a homeschooler. Because for many years, I was doing that as well. I defined myself by being a homeschooler. Like, that's what we are. We're homeschoolers. No way. I am a child of God. I am saved by Jesus. And that is what defines me. So I got off on a little tangent there. I do that sometimes. But (laughs) I just get very passionate about the whole idea of, you know, what defines success in your homeschool. So if we want to clear the clutter this spring, start by praying, start by getting in the word, start by seeking God first in your homeschool and in life. And just... Ask him to lead you. Ask him to lead your homeschool. He is in charge of your homeschool. And I truly believe that naturally your clutter will decrease because you will find you don't need to fill up on stuff. You just need to fill your homeschool with him. So practically, go through your stuff and do an inventory, keeping in mind of only things that are necessary, and spiritually, do an inventory of what you have let into your mind that is, you know, cluttering up your uh, mind and distracting you from your true goals in your homeschool and from this journey because homeschooling is about so much more than academics and our goals should be spiritual goals and the academics will follow. I truly believe that. You could read more about this topic in my book called Home, Finding Joy and Letting God Lead Your Homeschool. I had released it a few months ago with um, a journal section in the back. So it's a brand new second edition. It's been updated and it has this journal in the back where you can sort of go through these things the um, you know defining your goals and and kind of sitting in quiet with the Lord and seeking him for your homeschool this would be a perfect time of the year as your inventory as you're inventorying is that a word <laughs> as you're taking an inventory of your homeschool and as you're trying to clear the clutter in your homeschool um, this would be a great time of the year to get that book it's available on Amazon also simply homeschool is available where I you know give all Uh, sorts of tips on simplifying your homeschool. Um, And then there's Real Homeschool, Letting Go of the Pinterest Perfect and Instagram Ideal Homeschool. All those books would be great right now, resources to sort of help you as you prepare to finish this year well and look towards next year. Um, So I hope that episode was helpful for was helpful for you today i hope this um sort of gets you thinking about how you can clear the clutter in your homeschool if you have any questions comments you want to chat more about this feel free to email me or visit me on the facebook page for simply living for him and we can continue the conversation there i love to hear from you guys i love when i get emails from people and they say listen to your podcast and it was so encouraging so you know feel free to do that um, and let me know how Uh, you are doing with spring cleaning your homeschool and getting rid of the clutter. Also, I still have tickets available for our Simply Living for Him retreat in July. This summer, July 13th to the 15th, it's a retreat just for women. It is not just for homeschoolers. It is for any woman, um, not just moms either. Any woman at any stage of life, we're going to be learning about how to live more simply, how to clear the clutter, and most importantly, how to focus on Jesus. So I would love for you to join me this summer at the beautiful lodges at Gettysburg in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. You can find all the information on the website about our retreat. I would love to see you there. If you have any questions, again, let me know. Um, And like I said, comment on the Facebook page or on the blog and let me know uh, your thoughts and how you're clearing the clutter this year in your homeschool. Again, I'm Karen DeBuse. Thank you for joining me for the Simply Living For Him podcast, and I wish you blessings and joy.